Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots who fly those airplanes, and from traveling around the world. This is actually the 20th episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, and I have to say, I don't think I really thought I'd ever record 20 episodes, but here we are. Now, in the last episode, I had a cast of celebrities. And in this episode, we have a cast of characters, <laughs> all very funny stories about crew members, passengers who are, shall we say, colorful, interesting, maybe you could say off the beaten runway. over in Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, we had just arrived to the airport and the ride to the hotel was a good 30 minutes or so. Well, we had been hearing rumors about this pilot who had won the lottery in Florida and not spent a dime of it. He still lived with his mother and the only thing he had purchased was a brand new racing boat. Other than that, not a dime. So these... He lived with his mother, and he was probably, he was about 50 years old. Well, Go ahead, I'm sorry. are you commenting on him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Red flag. He was afraid you were just commenting on his story. Yeah, because this is a good story. He's okay. not commenting on that guy. So we get on the bus to take us from the airport to the hotel. And again, the ride is like a good 20, 30 minutes, something like that. And these ladies had been going off on this story for the whole flight already anyway. So now, when we're riding on the bus together with the two pilots, this is their chance to tell the story to the pilots. So one of the ladies starts telling the co-pilot, who is sitting near the front of the bus, about this loser pilot who won the lotto and won't spend a dime and he's still living with his mother, blah, blah, blah. As she's telling the story, she notices the co-pilot gesturing like wildly, be quiet, stop, don't tell this story, pointing towards the back of the bus where the captain is sitting with a newspaper, and he, the, as the story goes on, he's like lifting the, the paper higher and higher in front of his face. It was that guy. I swear this is true. I was on that bus. <laughs> it was him and the lady just like her face turned red and got so embarrassed oh it was funny though because that was the guy that won the lotto and never spent a dime he was taking care of her he was 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 she like old or do you think he just still living at home with his parents I think well wait if he was 50 yes she was old <laughs> I think that, uh, how should we put this? He was maybe awkward with the ladies. <laughs> Still think one thing, not satisfied with what I'm dealing with myself. 
Okay, this is one of our more famous flight attendants. <laughs> well, she was um, in first class, and the other flight attendant that was working first class was coming up from coach, and all she could see was this rear end up in the air, and the other flight attendant was had her back to her, so her, she was looking at her rear end. When she could come around, she could see that the uh, first flight attendant had spilt nail polish on the carpet, and she was taking the brush and wiping the polish from the carpet and putting it on her nails, <laughs> and she had all the carpet fibers sticking out of her nails. <laughs> A flight surgeon told me that he had a uh, that he was able to get a waiver for a one-legged pilot many many years ago, who had a wooden leg, probably in the I would guess in the 70s or maybe even the 60s. But he told me that this captain used to sit in his seat and would literally would whittle with a knife and a, a chunk of wood and carve whatever on these long flights. And he thought it was fun to uh, have a a new flight attendant come up. And he'd start talking with her, and he'd find some excuse to argue with her. And he'd get so mad that he'd stab himself in the leg with his knife. Oh. <laughs> and it would poke it right into his leg. Of course, she didn't know it was a wooden leg. Oh, my gosh. But the same guy that has a wooden leg was a whittler? That's <laughs> the story. Based in, based in Dallas-Fort Worth, and we were on a flight on a 757, and we had a gentleman who had come on board and had a uh, uh, fake leg, right. uh, and uh, he had taken it off during the flight and set it in the row and laid down to go to the bathroom. I mean, laid down to go to sleep. He got up to go to the bathroom, and he had hopped back to the restroom on the 757, and as you know, on both sides, it's the push-in doors, like the right. telephone booth. Well, he came back there, and right about when he comes back there, the turbulence starts. And he was bouncing from one door to another door. And I remember a friend of mine stood up, and she goes, she goes, sir, sir. She goes, can I give you a hand? He says, no, I need a leg. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. So we had a great sense of humor. having a mechanical and um, all the passengers were on board and um, they had connections, they had, had questions, they were getting basically pretty upset. And as I'm, uh, we're serving water, whatever, he's walking around with a handful of pills and he's going, I know there's one for stress here, I know there's one for stress. <laughs> he's pretty funny guy. I said, when I was an engineer many years ago, I flew with a captain on a 727 that had a harmonica that he, he enjoyed playing. <laughs> he, had a, he had a train whistle that he played on the PA and said all aboard. He had a harmonica. But one of the funniest things he did was he barked like a dog, like a little yippy, yappy dog. He'd go, Rip! and he'd just stand there like in the jetway. Would be, maybe we'd be walking out of the airplane and there'd be just passengers around. He's, and he's barking like a dog. Wait, or, in, in his uniform? 
Oh, in his uniform, pulling his bag in the middle of a trip. And he would just, he wouldn't move his mouth much. He would just kind of yip. Go, and people would be looking around. And the other thing he would do is he would... Uh, I don't really understand why he was doing this. Just to entertain himself? Just to entertain himself. And he also uh, uh, would beep, just like the, the carts in the airport. So he'd be walking through a terminal, and he's beeping. So people are moving out of the way, and they're looking behind them, you know, looking... For, he was just a real oddball. And we had a... I do remember... <laughs> we had a layover in San Antonio, downtown. And we went to a, a Mexican restaurant. It was a, probably a Friday night. It was crowded. So we were sitting there waiting to be seated. All three of us. And he just pulled out his harmonica and started playing. In front of... <laughs> in this restaurant. And but what kind of a song? Oh, I don't know. Whatever he knew. And so... You know, the, the other two of us just kind of looked at each other, and I think we actually got up and started moving away from <laughs> and disassociating ourselves from him. And you wouldn't, I mean, you couldn't say, hey, man, you're weird, because he was the captain. And so the, you know, the other two of us just kind of look at each other and roll our eyes. But as far as I know, he's still, he's still flying around. He's probably still got his harmonica. And his train whistle. And his train whistle. <laughs> Yeah, they bailed out, so it was on a, a Friday morning, and he checked out fine, so they released him. So we had two days until Monday when we got to work again. So uh, this, we're at Zaragoza, and we're all there together in a squadron in the same building, and uh, kind of like a dormitory. So guys kind of remember their days in college and uh, fraternities and that sort of thing, and it's kind of like being in a fraternity uh, when you're a fighter squadron especially overseas, and uh, so we start drinking, and we, someone had gone to the Class 6 store, which is the liquor store, and bought all of the single malt scotch that they had, and so we proceeded to uh, drink single malt scotch at uh, really rapid rates, and you know, so then we decided to have a golf tournament in the, the building, so it's, you know, break out the golf clubs, golf balls, down the hallway, playing golf back and forth down the hallways uh, of the dorm. <clears throat> and that worked for a while. Then we went outside and decided that, well, okay, we got to find something else to do. And uh, kind of one of the things that tended to be uh, something that guys did, they asked this guy after he got inebriated enough, was, you know, the big challenge was to go to the water tower. And there's a beacon on the water tower that goes around and around. It has the green light, you know, like white light like you have at an airport, and it's on this water tower. So the idea is you climb the water tower naked, get on top of the water tower, and ride the beacon. Ride the beacon? Ride the beacon on top of the water tower naked. And uh, so we proceeded to take turns doing that to, before. Nobody <laughs> said they were smart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so... Pretty much everybody made it. A couple of guys would get about halfway up and then start falling down and, and slide down the, the ladder because you had to climb up this really tall ladder to get up there. And uh, and then climbing up on the beacon while it's spinning was a, a bit of a challenge as well until uh, after about the eighth guy got on top of the beacon. And he, he was a big guy. He played football in college. And uh, he got on the beacon and it stopped. 
<laughs> well, that got the attention of the security police uh, because the beacon stopped and they're kind of watching this thing and it stopped. And I wonder why it stopped. So they, they come barreling uh, in toward the, the tower and <laughs> so we're rapidly trying to find bushes to hide behind. <laughs> Fortunately, they only found one guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and the guy they found happened to be a lieutenant colonel, so he was able to talk him out of uh, you know any problems. So, nobody got in trouble, but we were very fortunate. <laughs> This next story involves some miscommunication between the crew members, and you will notice some strange editing. There were a lot of swear words, <laughs> a lot of foul language in this story, so I had to cut that out, and a lot of um, names, and I had to cut that out, so you might notice some funky editing. So my, my best friend and I used to fly together all the time, so we used, we used to team bid to Mexico City. We, as a joke, we would always compete for cute guys on, on the airplane, right? So anyway, so this gorgeous, I mean, God guy, like 25 years old, Mexican, gets on. Like, you can tell he was, like, rich and very well-dressed. He's just dead, drop, gorgeous, right? So, so he goes, he is mine. Stay away from him. I'm like, whatever. You know, it's whatever. So we're doing the beverage service, right? We take off, we start the service, do the beverage service, and we go through his aisle and say, what would you like to take care of him? So he's like, white wine, so give him some white wine. But every like 10 minutes you hear their call light go, ding, like run over, like, how can I help you? But there will be times when he gets it because the cart will be on the other side and he'll be on the other side of the cart, so I'll be like, I'll get him. So we go over and white wine. So we're like 20 minutes before descending, and the, the call light ring, rings. And I'm like, how many passenger drinks did you give this guy? He goes, I gave him about four or five. I said, well, I gave him about four. I said, this guy's probably all drunk. You know, I said, okay, just give him the last one. We're not going to give him any more. So we start descending, right? Sure enough, this guy gets up. And he's drunk. I mean, he cannot hard, He can hardly stand up. He's got has to hold on to the seats because he's drunk. So he goes to the back of the galley, and then he's like, he can't he can't stand up. So he's like holding up, and then so he's like he's like looks at me and starts trying tries to talk to me. And I'm like, look like this. Look at him from the side of from the newspaper. And I just cover him up with my newspaper so he didn't, wouldn't talk to me. This is the best flight I ever had. Oh my God, you guys are the best. So I listen. So then the the OBO calls, and she's like, "What the hell is going back there?" All the passengers can see through the because the curtains were drawn. It's like they can see, and 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 this is so uh, you know unprofessional. It's like, "What the hell is going on?" There's like, "Oh, the guy's drunk. We're taking care of him. It's all under control. Don't worry about it." So she's like. It doesn't look good. So anyway, she hangs up. So we get turbulence. We put him in the back seats because they were empty. One, one side, three seats were empty. Put him in the aisle. I mean, put him in the uh, uh, window seat. And you stay in the aisle and don't let him out. So he's like, oh. 
I said, you sit there because we're going to get in trouble. So he sits there for landing, right? And he's, there was a passenger across the aisle, a Mexican passenger. So this gorgeous creature on the, on the window, he looks over the Mexican guy and goes, Hey, buddy, what's going on? So he, and he goes like this and just taps him on the leg like this. Like, what's up, buddy? Well, the OBL is watching this whole thing. She calls the cap- captain and says, Captain, the passenger I was telling you about that's drunk, he just hit another passenger. So we had no idea that she had done this to the captain, right? So anyways, we land in the jump seat and we're like, ah, cool, we're going out tonight, we're going to have a great time. And all of a sudden, when we, when we stop, we hear this commotion, like, pa, 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 like domino effect, like, pa, 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 like, from the cabin. I was like, what the heck is going on? So we get up to find out, and sure enough, we see people, like, seating, parting the ways. Yeah, parting the ways. And the captain shows up with the crash axe in his right hand, lifting, lifting it up like this, and he says, where is he? Where the f- He's like, these were the words. my flight hell. And we're like, with the axe like this, we're like, it's him. <laughs> we like gave him up right away. We're like, it's him. So he goes, he goes to the, to the God creature and says, who the you son of, I mean, it's like that, like, like really and we're like, Captain, what is going on? What is going on? He's like, well, this son of a bitch. The OBO called me and said that he was hitting on, he hit, it was hit a passenger. And it, no one does that on my flight. I said, he didn't hit a passenger. What is, he taps someone in the, in the, he's like, well, the OBO told me all this. Oh, and the guy, when, the, when he goes to the guy, says, the federalists came in, the police came in. They grab the guy, the guy's kicking. So they take the guy and he's kicking and screaming and they take him out. So then we were ready to are ready to deplane. We're deplaning and we look on the seat and there was the fat wallet with the hundred dollar bills. So grabs the wallet and he's like counting the money. He's like, oh my god, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, take it, take it. He's like I can't take it. No, we, uh, so he, he took it. He took the wallet and he says, you know what? I'm going to give it to the agents. you might be thinking now that the airlines are full of very colorful people. And really, actually, that's not the case. In general, everybody's very normal. Everything goes by the book. Um, And the reason why these stories are stories, just like a car accident isn't news, it's because it's unusual. Uh, But I have to say, I really do enjoy flying with our colorful, interesting crew members. It's a lot more fun. And actually, I'll take interesting or colorful over boring or lazy any day. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. And I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Bye. 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.